next. Yankees host Tampa Bay. Mets host Milwaukee. Forecast in the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center tonight. Mostly clear lows in the mid-60s. Tomorrow, mostly sunny. Highs in the low 80s. Right now, mostly sunny outside the Midtown Studios. 77 WC Time Check 402. Sponsored by Bilbo Watches. Discover finely crafted timepieces available at Macy's. Traffic and transit next. Remember, the news never stops at WABCRadio.com. I'm Bob Brown. On the BQE, the off-ramp. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Rose by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to your Tuesday. James Golden, it is Bo Snurdly with you here on 77 WABC, streaming worldwide if you want to be part. Of our program this afternoon, all you have to do is dial 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Let us begin with a stunning announcement, my friends, from the World Health Organization. Thank you, Mr. Mike, uh, who sent me this story just a few moments ago. The World Health Organization will, will... Rename the monkey, I'm not making this up, by the way, this is not satire, this is a legitimate news story, it can be found at BloombergLaw.com, BloombergLaw.com. Now that we have established that this is a real story, let us proceed. The World Health Organization will rename monkeypox virus in order to minimize stigma and racism. And racism. The world. (laughs) The world. (laughs) They have nothing better to do. The World Health Organization is going to officially rename the monkeypox in light of concerns about stigma and racism surrounding the virus that has infected over a thousand people. In more than two dozen countries, the Director General of the World Health Organization, Tedros Adhamon Grebriesis, announced Tuesday morning that the WHO is working with partners and experts from around the world on changing the name of the monkeypox. <laughs> I'm sorry. Changing the name of the... <laughs> They're going to change the name of the monkey virus because it's racist. Oh, will it ever end? This is the most pressing thing in the world right now to the World Health Organization. They have to change the name of the monkey pox virus. Because it's racist. Uh, 
Happy Flag Day, yes, everybody. Um, this also is distressing, now that we've got that bit of distressing news out of the way. The Biden baby formula crisis is bad enough, folks, but there is another apparent crisis that is affecting a large segment of our population. The Republican National Committee Director of Policy Research sent out an email, and I had no idea that this was taking place out there. Of course, many of you women in certain demographics apparently already know that there's a problem. Essential feminine products are in short supply. This is according to that researcher. Women across the United States of America are reporting empty shelves where tampons and pads should be. Biden's tampon shortage has caused a nightmare for women everywhere. As just because there's a shortage doesn't mean your period isn't going to turn off that month. Some women have reportedly report. I don't what. I'm just going to read you what it says. Some women have even reportedly resorted to, quote-unquote, using the insides of mattresses, cut-up dirty sheets and T-shirts and cardboard if they can't find these products. When women can find feminine products, they are confronted with higher prices. Bidenflation has pushed the price of tampons up nearly 10% and menstrual pads up 8%. This is disproportionately hurting low-income women who already experience difficulties in affording period products. While major U.S. retailers have recently acknowledged the shortage, the Biden administration has yet to do so. Instead, Biden looks the other way as his policies wage War on women. <sighs> what a way. Oh, yeah, the January 6th hearing that was supposed to be today, the January 6th show, they canceled it. And you know, by the way, it's Tuesday. That means Mark Stein is going to be with us ever so shortly. And with all of this news breaking out, monkeypox being renamed, tampon and, and, and pad shortages, I can't wait to hear what Mr. Stein has to say. Lizzo is back in the news. You might remember, I did not know who Lizzo was, and a few weeks ago I reacted, I hope not too harshly and unkindly, to photos of Lizzo in a sheer, a very sheer outfit which revealed all of her, uh, how shall we say, massive assets. The song Girls, G-R-R-R-L-S, was released Friday. But Lizzo's lyric apparently offended fans. So Lizzo changed it, and her fan base is now. Joy, I can't wait to talk to you because I have the same question. Um, They changed it. Lizzo changed the song lyrics that were offensive, and her fans are better. Now, I did not know this, that Lizzo... The Grammy Award singer and rapper is seen by many fans as a champion of inclusivity. I did not know that. She released a song that contained the word spaz. 
And apparently, in some circles, especially uh, across the pond, spaz is a bad word because it is based on spastic diplegia. I hope I pronounced that right, which is a form of cerebral palsy, uh, a condition that causes motor impairments in the legs or arms. And so disability advocates and fans called on Rizzo to change what they call an ableist slur, and that's a harmful word in some countries where it has a history of being used as a schoolhouse taunt. And that was just late last week. She changed it over the weekend. In a statement posted to Instagram on Monday, Lizzo said she understood the effects of harmful language, whether it's intentional or unintentional, because she says, this is her quote, as a fat black woman in America, I've had many hurtful words used against me. She said, let me make one thing clear. I never want to promote derogatory language. This is the result of me listening and taking action, she said, of her the language change to her music. And you know what I say? That is impressive. I really thought that I really think that that is go, that way to go, Lizzo. Way to go. You did the, you totally did the right thing. There's a story today about Kentucky, and I want to extrapolate this to the rest of the uh, country because we had a call a few weeks ago that talked about the concern that all of us have over the school shootings and the demands for action. And the, the, the caller mentioned fentanyl in contrast and said there are so many, there are so many deaths with regard to fentanyl and no one seems to care. So there's a story today, ABC News. Kentucky shatters its fatal overdose record, fentanyl blamed. Fatal drug overdoses rose nearly 15% in Kentucky last year, surpassing 2,000 deaths as the increased use of fentanyl, a powerful synthetic opioid, resulted in record death toll in the state. This new report shows that 2,250 Kentuckians died from drug overdoses. That was in 2021. And the story goes on to say that the rising death count in Kentucky mirrors what's happening across the nation. Last year, says ABC News for the first time, More than 100,000 Americans died of drug overdoses over a 12-month period. That's from the CDC and P. In Kentucky, fentanyl was identified in nearly 73% of the overdoses. So if you extrapolate that and you look at that 100,000 figure, you're talking about 75,000 people easily that could have died of fentanyl across the country. And I think that is, our caller pointed out, that way more people are dying over fentanyl, which is flowing freely from the border of the United States. Which, by the way, there are accusations in some quarters that China is largely behind the manufacturer of these of the synthetic drug in in high numbers 
It's pouring across the southern border. We know that. And we're looking at a horrific death toll here in the United States. Would like to know what you think should be done about it, if anything. Will the same energy be expended toward ridding this nation of fentanyl as, and why is not fentanyl being compared to guns and the horror that guns produce? Why don't we have the same reaction toward fentanyl? It's causing that many deaths. After we speak with Mark Stein, there are some other stories that I hope to get to along with your calls. So looking forward to Mark Stein. One of them is a poll that's in the Washington Post today. Most Americans oppose trans athletes in female sports. Well, Washington Post, Washington Post admits this. That's a big deal. There's also another Democrat that's out saying there's going to be a civil war if Republicans win in November and he's just beside himself. And, of course, there's the continuing story about Subway Slasher, Hell Without Bail, who has been, uh, was arrested, 20 arrests, three felonies, 11 misdemeanors, was still on the street, so he could slash. Anyway, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley with you here, WABC Talk Radio 77. We are coming back with Bo Snurley's Rush Hour in a moment. Crumpets, Cheerio. Boss, he's really a Canuck. Known on all seven continents. Oh, I know who you are. America's undocumented anchorman. He's a recording star and a TV star. Tuesdays, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Mark Stein. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> the star, the media star of the world. Our very own Mark Stein. Mark, I could not wait to hear what you have. Mark, they're changing the name of the monkeypox virus. It's racist. Did you know, Mark? When did, Mark? Yes. Yes. What do you suppose they're going to change the name of the racist monkeypox to? Well, I would. I would just start. It's like hurricanes now. There's going to be ones of these coming along, like all through the season each year now. So you might as well start with Ardvark pox. <laughs> And, uh, and work your way through to a zebra pox, <laughs> because you know the, the the trouble is the monkey pox isn't doing anything for for any anyone. It it, it didn't do the job, so they're going to change it. So you think it's a new variant? So they go, uh, you know, a monkey pox. I'm I'm over that. That's the one you have to have like intense. Intimate physical contact with the exchange of bodily fluids uh, for about 25 minutes to get it, and now no, no, no. Now they're saying it's airborne. It's airborne. So you should wear masks on the New York subway where people are actually exchanging bodily fluids. And, uh, 
and uh, and I'm not just referring to people getting shot, but the but the um, but 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 so apparently this thing is, but it's not. We're all over it, you know. I did it. One of these, the, you can't play this card over and over. It's like this new Omicron, which used to be a variant, has now got variants of its own. It's like that scene in God. So the Omicron begat the belt, the Delta two, and the Delta two begat the monkeypox. Yeah, it's something. It's something. It's it is like that. It's biblical begetting. <laughs> it's begetting. They're begetting all the time, and so the Omicron, the variants are having variants of their own. I just. <laughs> Which I think is an old 1920s novelty song, actually, from the early days of the WHO. No, uh, the... To... <laughs> but it's racist. I mean, seriously. This is what they're going to spend their time with. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Oh. The, the ra- yeah, the racism of the whole monkeypox thing. Because I didn't quite get that. Because initially they said it was, it just affected, it, pre- it was most threatening to bisexuals and to Canadians. Uh, and of course, a, <laughs> a, a, lot of, a lot of people can't tell the difference. And that, that could easily cause all kinds of problems. So, so, and, and so I don't understand why. I mean, nobody cares if you offend a bisexual Canadian. I mean, that's like in terms of victim groups, that comes way down below, you know, intersexual Slovenians or whatever. So, who the hell? Who the hell cares whether you offend a bisexual Canadian? So, I don't quite. But they are. So they don't like the monkeypox. They're renaming it moosepox. So you'll remember. To avoid Canadians, uh, but that's uh, that's how they get. That's how they're going to do it. So I have to ask you this too, and then I, I have some other stories to bring up. But this one, Mark, what is what is you people in the Commonwealth? What is your fetish with garters? I don't, I, I don't. Do you people have a garter day? Yeah. I mean, look, I like seeing garters on certain legs as yeah. much as the next guy. Okay. But yeah. seriously, a garter day? And why did they make Andrew pull out of garter? That sounds so gross. Why did they make Andrew pull out of garter day? Well, you're, you're intentionally misleading your listeners, <laughs> James, because you are implying that garter day uh, at Windsor Castle is something to do with Stormy Daniels and you, and you stick $10 in her garter, right? <laughs> And, uh, oh, no, maybe you're a worse tipper, so it's only a five or a single. It's, uh, <laughs> Pretty much. I, 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 hey, and, Stormy but, Daniels, we're talking loose change here, my friend. Yeah, okay. We're not talking about a bill. <laughs> okay, okay, you're gonna you're gonna need plenty of nickels and pennies for that. Anyway, the thing about the but the thing about it is, if you ever happen to be at Windsor Castle on Garter Day, don't try and slip a ten dollar bill in the Queen's Garter because it's a completely different thing. It's the oldest order of chivalry in uh, England. Uh, the equivalents are the Knight of the Thistle in Scotland and the uh, Knight of St Patrick in Ireland, and the Knight of the Garter. Is uh, is the oldest order of chivalry, and they have a big day where they all parade around in Windsor. So and garters? No, the, the, the <laughs> and, queen. And by the way, what no. is a thistle? That doesn't sound right either. I don't know what a thistle is, but it sure has a, a ring to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think you're deliberately mishearing that. It's a perfectly. <laughs> 
There is a, there is in fact on NPR, there is a show in which they play thistle music, which is all, yeah, so you you want to be careful before you start making these casual assumptions. Don't, by the way, don't stick a thistle in someone's garter, because I tell you, that'll be extremely painful. Okay, this is, yeah, I, what? I'm not, I'm not going to walk down that path. I'm going to find out what a fissile is on my own. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Joe Biden gave a speech recently, Mark, and he claimed that he was appointed to uh, the Naval Academy. Mm. And strange thing happened. Mm. Someone in the mainstream media actually did some homework and they checked it out. Yeah. And they don't know what he's talking about. They can't find any record of him ever being appointed to the Naval Academy. What do you make of this? Well, actually, one of the things I I used to quite like about Joe Biden is that he had a rich fantasy life. And Joe Biden himself is is basically just a hack politician who happens to be a mean and vengeful uh, SOB. And uh, but there's this other Joe Biden who he, he he was accepted by the Naval Academy. But at the same time, he he also he was also on the beaches of stormed the beaches of Normandy at D-Day. Uh, he dated Bridget Bardot in the 1950s uh, while he was uh, living on the left bank in France and uh, uh, making a name for himself as a fabulous painter. Uh, and uh, then, of course, he uh, dog-sledded and uh, beat Roald Amundsen to the South Pole on his team of dog-sleds. And so he's, he's had this incredible life, and it seems just kind of sad that he doesn't get to sit back and look at all these in- accomplished, because people keep pest- people say, OK, enough with the Naval Academy. Uh, have you seen the price of... Uh, pr- seen the price of pa- I can't afford to drive to the Naval Academy for the unveiling of the statue they're putting up to you there. And uh, that's where he's... <laughs> This is, but the rich Joe Biden, you know, like the Joe Biden when he said, "Oh, these uh, these uh, twelve-star generals warned me it wasn't safe for me to go into Afghanistan," but I said, "No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pin a a medal on that." Do you remember when he told that? I'm going right. to, yeah. So I was like parachuting in uh, to the uh, Helmand province to pin a medal on. So all the the entire chiefs of staff said, "No, no, you can't do that, Mr. Vice President. It's too." Da-. He has this. Fabulous. I would love to see. The plot of Joe Biden's fantasy life is way more interesting than X-Men 37. I mean, I would love to see it. Well, I mean, that fantasy life, I don't know whether it's fantasy or not, but that's the, this is the same guy who beat Corn Pop up because Porn, Porn, Corn Pop was a really nasty dude. And, yeah. then, and, then, and, and he has black kids rubbing up and down his hairy legs because some, for some reason black kids love the hair on Joe Biden's legs. Well, and, but, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not going to get into this with you, you racist. Every, everyone knows that uh, Africa, if you don't like your seven-year-old black kid sitting on Joe Biden's legs and making his blonde hairs stand fully up in the air, you ain't black, man, as uh, <laughs> as Joe Biden would say. Everyone knows. It's a, it's a, it's a, all, there isn't an African-American child on on the this continent who doesn't like sitting on Joe Biden's legs and making his leg hair stand up in the air it's they they're, they're known oh. for it they're known <laughs> They're known for it. <laughs> Rather take my kid to a drag show. Oh, no. <laughs> I got hairy legs. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Joe Biden's new press secretary woman person, Pierre, or whatever name, Karine Jean-Pierre. Jean-Pierre. Karine Jean-Pierre. Thank you. You know how to do that. Yeah. Anyway, she says that Biden is really aware that all of the slides have totally erased every single gain that uh, they made since Donald Trump was at the White House. And yeah. He, apparently, he, well, he does know, at least he knows. Well, I mean, he's just basically made every leg hair on Wall Street head south. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's nothing that could get a rise out of those guys' legs. So, um, so... <laughs> I mean, what we are what we're witnessing here is actually it's a it's a it's a conflict. But, you know, the whether whether there is still sufficient contact with reality uh, for for uh, Joe Biden not to be able to because Joe Biden thinks he's presided over an economic miracle, and uh, you know whatever that is, on they've just left a zero off the end of the Dow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. So I, I have no idea how long. That, but he seems genuinely to believe that he's presided over a gangbusters economy, and he can't understand why people are saying I can't find any baby formula and all the. Rest now of they it. say they can't find tampons. I mean, it's just every week it's something else. Speaking mm. of can't finding and something equivalent to tampons, how about that January sixth uh, show? Have you been watching that? Do you have a, a a prognosis on where this thing is going ultimately? Whether it's going to have any impact whatsoever? Well, again, it's the whether you can impose the Democrat narrative, whether that can uh, be imposed on reality. I actually saw a headline on a column today, Liz Cheney for president. I mean, (laughs) you know, I don't think Liz Liz Cheney in her home state could not get uh, elected to dog catcher right now. And I think this this we we, uh, this is a literal show. We're actually celebrating if that's the word, the centenary of the very first show trial, so-called, in Moscow in the early days of uh, Russian Bolshevism. And it's a tribute to how we progressed. The, uh, something we just used to associate with Russian Bolsheviks is now actually happening in Washington, D.C. But that's what it is. It's a show trial. The accused aren't allowed to present evidence. It's, a discre- it's, a dis- it's, it's not something anyone should... I've shrugged it off because I don't think anyone's going to... No one in November, by, the, by which time inflation's going to be 27%, uh, and, and there's no baby milk and there's no tampons. There'll be no water then. You'll be, you'll be starving at the rate things are falling apart here. Uh, but, oh, yeah, everyone's going to be voting about uh, the, on the basis of the January 6th hearings. This now, you just good. triggered something with me. You, when you said show trial, it reminded me of the first time I, I read and then saw uh, the Tudors. Mm-hmm. And they depicted the trial that Anne Berlin had to endure mm-hmm. with all the fake evidence and all of the phony stories. And yet, you know, the, and, and the fix was in before the trial even started. You knew what the verdict was going to be. And yet, with all the pomp and circumstance, they still go and say, hey, off with your head, lady. This is yeah. this is that kind. To me, it reminds me of that kind of injustice. There's no there's no search for truth. The fix has been in on this from day one. Well, I, I don't think, I mean, I can't stand the federal justice system. These guys were, or I, and, I, and the longer it goes on, the more I'm, I reckon January the 6th 
was just, uh, you know, people taking advantage of a, a lot of people who just come to Washington for the day. Um, they wander around. There's tons of footage of people just wandering around the capital as if they're basically tourists and if they're something. And this idea of oomphing it up into a revolution. There's real revolution. You know, again, it's the decadence here. You never invent a domestic terrorist uh, movement if it doesn't actually exist. You know, most countries have real... In, in, uh, in Britain, they had the IRA. In Germany, they had the Bader-Meinhof gang. In, in Canada, they had the FLQ for a while. In Italy, they had the Red Brigades. The idea that a country can be so decadent that it tries to pass off uh, a few people in Chewbacca outfits as a domestic terrorist movement is really sick and depraved, and the Democrats are not going to get away with that. Mark, happy anniversary on GB News. People can find you on GBNews.com. And happy anniversary. You've been there almost a year. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's flown by, and I'm, uh, and I'm having great fun, and we, we have uh, Yankee guests from time to time, too. So there's a lot of Americans you'll see on the show. So I hope people will come along and have a look at it. Mark Stein, as always, what a pleasure. We will catch up with you next Tuesday, my friend. Thank you very much, James. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77, streaming worldwide. Bo Snurley's Rush Hour back after this. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurley. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurley. Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurley. Boy, was his birthday? Is his birthday today? Yes, he shares a birthday with our Mr. Trump. And happy birthday, President Trump! Happy birthday, boy, George. There is, you know, one thing. If you're in the business of of talk radio, you hate missing stories. And I don't know. It, it happens to everybody, I suppose. And sometimes you'll read this. How did I miss that? How am I not aware of this? I had that happen this morning. Someone, and I have the greatest, the greatest, um, I hate to call them followers because I'm, they're like we're all in the same community on Twitter. Um, I'm at Bo Snurley, at Bo Snurley, S-N-E-R-D-L-E-Y on Twitter, right? And so someone posted a story today. It was the one-year anniversary of this story that I'm going to read you the headline to right now. And this happened a year ago. This was first a little over a year ago. This was reported on 13 of June, 2021. I totally missed this. Here's the headline. Clinton emails reporter dead in suicide. ABC journalist 45 who broke story of secret Arizona tarmac meeting between Bill and Loretta Lynch in 2016 before Hillary email probe was dropped, quote-unquote, kills himself. Christopher Sign, 45, was found dead in his home in the suburb of Birmingham. Police say they received 911 phone call just before 8.15 on Saturday. Investigators found Sign's body when they arrived at his home in Hoover. Initial reports indicate that his death is being investigated as a suicide. In 2016, Sign broke the story of tarmac meeting between Bill Clinton, Loretta Lynch, 
ex-President Clinton met with then-Attorney General on the tarmac of Phoenix Airport. The Lynch Justice Department was investigating Clinton's wife, Hillary Clinton. That meeting ended up forcing Loretta Lynch to recuse herself from overseeing the investigation. Hillary Clinton being investigated for use of private email server for official communications during her tenure as Secretary of State. Now, I completely missed that story. Another Arkansas. Well, that's what some of us call them, Arkansas, because it's just stunning the number of people in the Clinton circle that have committed suicide. It's a highly, I don't even remember what the number is right now. Somebody was doing the count. And it was a very, very high count. But that story took place almost a year ago. Haven't heard anything about it. And then today it just came on me like it was a new story, when, of course, it's over a year old. Wowzer. So let us head to the telephone, shall we? And let us go to Brooklyn, New York, and start with Joy. Joy, welcome. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77 with Bo Snurley on Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. How are you? Hey, hey, good afternoon, Bo. I really wish you had more than an hour, but I was calling to comment about your, um, you stated that some women are taking cotton from mattresses to use for tampons. I don't know what woman on the planet Earth is doing that, especially in, like, the Western nations. I mean, even women in poor, where you consider third world or fourth world countries, they'll take a cloth, a clean cloth, and use it. So if you have any women who are living, any women who are living in the United States doing that, they need to be red flagged, <laughs> because something's not right in their head. Okay, well, that report came from an RNC research letter. And, and if, if you notice, when I was reading it, I, I was in stunned disbelief myself. Because it just what they didn't say just mattress material, but they said some of them are using dirty, dirty uh, 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 cloths and all that stuff. Why would a woman, why would anybody do that? But that's what, was, that's what was in the news report, so. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know who, who gave who gave that report at all. I don't know who they're questioning. Like I said, that they need to be red flagged if women are doing that. Even women in very poor countries, they have enough common sense to use. I mean, it's, for millennia, I'm quite sure women were using If it was animal fur, they were using something else. Now we have at least cotton, a clean cloth of cherry cloth. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, it is. And I haven't been able to verify yet whether there is a shortage out there was the first I was hearing about it. But apparently, in addition to the baby food now, and the baby yeah. formula, now it's uh, those products. I actually heard that from someone close to me, but I didn't really, like, follow up on it for, like, other reasons. But I actually heard someone mention that. And I was like, oh, you know, I wasn't sure if it was maybe a brand that they're referring to or if they were just talking about tampons in general. So I thought the person was referring to a particular brand, but maybe they mean there's, like, a shortage of the actual tampons. I didn't mm. do an in- independent investigation, though. <laughs> <clears throat> well, what a mess that would be, I tell you. Well, thank you, Joy. <laughs> Bloody mess. Oh, Bloody mess. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Anyway, thank you so much, Joy. <laughs> I appreciate you call James Golden Bosterly here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Let us quickly go to Stanhope, New Jersey, and speak with Andrew. Andrew, how are you? It's not the Biden tampon shortage. It's the Putin tampon <gasps> shortage. Thank you for correcting that. You're right. It has to be. It must be Putin behind it because Joe Biden, why he doesn't do anything. 
Thank you, Andrew. Great line. Eileen, Rockland County, New York. How are you, Eileen? I'm doing good, James. How are you? Good, thank um, you. Just two things. Um, a little joke about the monkeypox with Mark Stein, whom I absolutely love. They're saying it came from, comes from Canada. Maybe they should change it to hockeypox. <laughs> well, Is you are so close to what... I made that up myself. You yeah. are really clever. And, and, and here's what a friend of mine said. Um, he's, uh, yes, a friend of mine said they should call it the hunky pox since it's racist. So you guys are thinking along the same line. <clears throat> and I also had a suggestion that perhaps the one to find the proper name for it would be Lizzo because she's really good at apparently finding names and correcting things in the name of inclusivity. So there you go, Eileen. Did you have something else for us? Yes, I do. It is not racist because we all, black, beige, I don't consider myself white because my I am beige, brown, whatever color you want. All human beings are descended from primates. They well. found the oldest um, hominid standing person in Africa. Over 10,000 years ago, she's, she's 10,000 years old. Her name is Lucy. Lucy. And we are all descended from her. Now, you know the back, your tailbone? They call it your tailbone. That serves no purpose for the spine or your body at all these days. It's called that because we used to have a tail. It's a leftover from evolution. Well, Eileen, thank you. I'm curious to see what some of the members of our vast audience will how they'll respond to that statement. Thank you so much for the call. Love you, darling. We gotta take a break. Boston Early's Rush Hour. Time is fleeting. Remember, John Katz is up net, cats at night, right up after this shoe. So you want to keep it right here. And we are gonna come back. More of your calls, eight hundred eight four eight W A B C coming right back after James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush, 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 rush. Hey, mama, don't you keep me wrong. Come and love you, daddy, all night long, all night long. All right, baby. Charles. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. All right. All right, Charles brings us back on WABC. What about it? Yeah, I just saw a tweet from uh, Chris at, uh, what is it, at Patsy Tart, a pastry tart. And it says, uh, regarding the shortage of tampons, many states, including New York State, have mandated free sanitary supplies in boys' rooms as well as girls in public school, provided and free. Maybe they need to take them out of the boys' rooms. It might help with the women's shortage. Hmm. What an original idea. Let's go back to the telephones. I'm going to hold some of these stories. There are some stories I want to get to, but they deserve more time, and I can't give them to. One is on the uh, rent control. The guidelines board met. There is going to be a rent hike, it appears. The question is, how much? And, of course, there are some people that are quite upset about that. And then this business of drag shows in schools. Ron DeSantis came under a another usual attack. I think it was in Washington Post or one of the MSM 
uh, publications today. Oh, DeSantis is so mean because he's going to have start investigating people that take kids to um, these drag shows and and see whether there's any anything to be concerned with. It's so interesting what people are willing to red flag and what they're not. I'm going to hold that one until tomorrow, too, uh, because as we said yesterday, the, the, it was in it was written by who is this? It was by, yes, it's Washington Post, Alyssa Rosenberg. It's an opinion piece. Ron DeSantis drag show comments foretell a vile trend. Taking kids, you see, to these explicitly sexual shows. Now, let me just make a point here. When I was a kid, my parents took us to see the Jewel Box Review, but it wasn't presented as a sexual deal. It was entertainment, just, you know, let's go see female impersonators, and it there was I didn't even think about that in connection with sex. But this is a whole different thing we're talking about now. And of course, New York City is shelling out over two hundred thousand dollars. We have kids coming out of high school that can't read, can't do math. We have over one hundred two hundred and forty two failing schools in New York, and New York has the audacity, the nerve to spend two hundred thousand dollars bringing drag performers into public schools. I mean, where does this stuff stop? Let us return back to the telephones. As I said, we'll deal with some of this stuff tomorrow. And including that story also in the Washington Post, most people, most Americans don't want this transgender in women's sports. And that's a majority of people. And that's got to upset the LGBTQ advocate crowd. Not every person LGBTQ. We have a lot of people that call here that are members of the LGBTQ community. And they don't, they don't want to see it either. You know, so, I'm, yeah, we'll talk about all of that. Anyway, let us head back to the telephones. Carl, Bergen County, how are you? Oh, fine. Uh, Bo, uh, since we're honoring Flag Day, uh, I'd like to pass on the title of a short, eloquent, uh, poetic tribute that was pinned to the wall of our municipal building. Uh, it was gotten from the Internet. And I'll just give the title of it, and it's very inspiring. Uh, it's called It's Only a Piece of Cloth, C-L-O-T-H. And uh, I, it didn't give the author, but uh, it's one of the most uh, inspiring uh, little pieces I've ever read. And it's about our flag, and I'm so glad they put it on, on Flag Day. Well, thank you, Carl. By the way, do you know that the mayor of Washington, D.C., had the American flag altered? She put a 51st star on it to complain that Washington, D.C. is not does not have statehood. Interesting. We'll see whether anything happens for her for defacing a flag. Of course, it won't. She's a Democrat. We have a two-tier justice system in this country. Democrats get away with everything that they do. Judith in Brooklyn, New York. Thank you, Carl. Judith, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. What's on your mind this afternoon? Well, you know what? I'm just holding on. I'd love to get a tampon and stick it in Liz Cheney's mouth. Believe me. Plug her (laughs) up. (laughs) Oh, what a thought. <laughs> and you know what? It's, it's not Putin's fault. It's Trump's fault. Don't you know? Everything is Trump's fault. Hello. Oh, that's right. James, yeah, yeah James Trump Lincoln. led the insurrection against tampons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, talking about this, let me tell you something. I'm fit to be tied. I would love to see the Republican counter hearing led by Jim Jordan, Why, even if it's on a front lawn. I don't care. Why do they not come together? I don't care where, on a front lawn, and just 
counter this crazy lies they're coming out with with myriad questions of their own. Like, for instance, Pelosi, she's responsible for security. And it was President Trump who suggested that she take 10,000 National Guards, and she refused because you know why, I think. It was like a setup. Let me tell you something else. They should be heralding the fact that President Trump twice said, he said, go home peacefully. And then he said, march to the Capitol peacefully. You don't hear that. They need to counter it with a Republican hearing. Uh, this, well, you know, Jim Jordan has promised that when, if Republicans take back the House, that they are going to have an investigation on the investigation. So let's hold them. Let's hopefully that's exactly what he'll do. And we will learn a lot more behind all of this. Today, January 6th, the big news was that um, the uh, chairman of this kangaroo court said that he's not going to be, the committee's not going to be referring, doing any criminal referrals against Trump because that's not in their purview. And that has other members of the committee, like Liz Cheney, and I don't know whether Kinziger too, but at least it has some members of the committee quite upset because they think the end game here is to uh, place a committee, a criminal referral with Justice Department so that they can go after Donald Trump legally. But, Judith, thank you so very, very much. Diane, Richfield, Connecticut, welcome. How are you this afternoon? Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. How are you, Diane? Hello, Bo Snurley. I have called you before when Rush was still alive, and my husband did too, and he had you laughing, and Rush said, I've got to talk to that man because Bo never laughs. <laughs> Literally, that's it, exactly true. And I miss him so dearly. And I want to tell you, I wish you all the luck in the world. I loved him, and I miss him so much. I'm Diane, and I listen to him for three hours every day. Diane, thank you, my darling. I miss him every single day. And there's not a day that goes by that people don't wonder, and I see it all over the Internet everywhere. I wonder what Rush would think about this. I wonder what Rush would think about that. He is so sorely missed. His voice, his humor, his way of looking at, <clears throat> at the news like nobody else could look at events of the day, and his optimism, his optimism that no matter how bad things were, I'll tell you what, the the worst days you could pick in the country when you think everything is going wrong, that was the day you put on your radio and by the end of 12.17, 12.20 after his first monologue, whatever it was, you felt better about the world because that's just who he was. He was a bright light, and he is missed every, every single day. Diane, thank you so much for your call. Love you, my dear. Thank you so much. Art, Long Island, New York. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley here with you. Remember, Catch at Night comes up next on WABC. What's on your mind, Art? Uh, just to tell you, we need the largest tampon we can find because Biden has us bleeding out like crazy. <laughs> oh, so clever and so brief. Brevity, the soul of wit. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Roe in Staten Island. How are you, Roe? Welcome to Snurley's Rush Hour. I am well, James. I could listen to your voice all day. I just have a remark to make about the past weekend, the Tony Awards. How come Patti LuPone, who yelled at a theatergoer last weekend that she had no mask on, but the whole audience was maskless? How come that was okay? Radio City was packed. And not one person had a mask on, and mm -hmm. neither did Patty Lapone. 
you know, Patty Lapone, I could not, I, I couldn't get over how mean spirited. And what does it take for a performer to stand up and try to humiliate somebody that has paid to come to see your performance? And with just being mean, I certainly hope that Miss Lapone has uh, takes some time uh, in her life and reflects on that. And maybe before everything's over, would issue a public apology for yelling at that person because that just was, it was just the wrong thing to do. But, you know, what can you do? The left is the left is the left. And speaking of the left is the left is the left. There are so many things that are going on that, yes, we will cover tomorrow. This whole thing with drag in school, I just want to say something about that. And I don't, and we'll delve into it. I remember when, and maybe you do too, when everyone was first talking about um, members of the LGBTQ openly being school teachers. And remember when this first came up, everyone was saying, oh, there were concerns that, well, what are they going to do, teach the kids? And, and, and members of that community said, oh, my gosh, you people are just so homophobic. How could you ever think that we would teach kids this? We just, we're just like, well, what are we seeing now? We're seeing drag in schools. We're seeing all sorts of activity that some of us are calling grooming in schools. Hmm. Anyway, tomorrow's another day. We'll cover all of that and more. John Katz up next. Listen, folks, as always, may God bless and protect each and every single one of you and your families. What a blessing. We'll be back here tomorrow. At 4 o'clock for Boston Early's Rush Hour. See you then. Bye.